Hello, everybody, and welcome to What the Health, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate your way to better health. I'm Lena Lahire, certified personal trainer, nutrition coach, best-selling author, and psychology student at the University of Calgary. I'll be discussing topics that range from nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and everything in between so you can feel confident in how to move towards better health physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's get into our topic for the day. Have you ever asked yourself, why am I doing the things that I don't want to do? Have you ever been frustrated with yourself when you explicitly have said that you don't want to do something, but you continue to do it? I know I have, and you probably have too, and everyone else in the world. We're going to talk about cognitive dissonance. I'm going to explain it. Cognitive dissonance is a psychological phenomenon. It's a psychological category that we're going to talk about and unpack. And we're going to relate it to some of our health and fitness challenges. So for all of you who are in the psychology world or have heard this term before, bear with me. But for everyone who has not heard of cognitive dissonance, listen up. So cognitive dissonance refers to a situation involving conflicting attitudes, beliefs, or behaviors. So when we are doing something and saying another thing, this creates dissonance or discomfort inside of us. So it produces a feeling of mental discomfort, leading to an alteration in one of the attitudes, beliefs, or behaviors to reduce the discomfort and restore balance. A perfect example is smoking. So people know that smoking is hazardous to their health, and yet they still do it. So there's this conflicting attitude behavior going on. The same can be seen, for example, let's put it into terms because this is a health and wellness podcast. Let's put it into terms as you want to go to the gym. Your attitude wants to go to the gym, but you don't. So it creates this discomfort, this agitation, because you're saying you want to do something, but you're doing the complete opposite. So how does attitude change take place when we're in this state of dissonance? So this is a term coined by Fessinger. And he says cognitive dissonance theory suggests that we have an inner drive to hold all our attitudes and behavior in harmony and avoid disharmony or dissonance. And this is known as the principle of cognitive consistency. So when there is an inconsistency between attitudes or behaviors, something must change to eliminate the dissonance. And dissonance can be reduced in one of three ways. So we're going to go over those. The first way is we change one or more of the attitudes, behaviors, beliefs, whatever, to make the relationship between the two elements 
a consonant one. So when one of the dissonant elements is a behavior, the individual can change or eliminate the behavior. Okay, I'm gonna say that again. So one, if when one of the dissonant elements is a behavior, example, not going to the gym, the individual can eliminate or change the behavior. So you can get over that agitated feeling, that dissonance by either going to the gym or changing your attitude and saying, ah, screw it, I'm just not going. However, that doesn't take away the dissonance if you choose that route, if you still hold the belief that you really should be going to the gym or you really should be eating healthy when you find yourself stuck in the fridge halfway down a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. The dissonance is still going to be there. So however, this mode of dissonance reduction frequently presents problems for people. It's difficult to change well-learned behavior responses, like the example of mindlessly eating or even binge eating or, you know, some of these um, some of these responses that we have ingrained into us that are very well learned and extremely hard to overcome. A great example is smoking again. Obviously, uh, there's other elements that go into smoking or the foods that we eat. There are addictive components. No one's denying that. But a lot of it is psychological as well. It's learned responses that are extremely challenging to overcome. Another way that dissonance can be reduced is we acquire new information that outweighs the dissonant belief. So for example, let's take smoking. So thinking smoking causes lung cancer will cause dissonance if a person smokes. Let's take it to the health and wellness field. If you think eating a diet high in processed foods is going to cause health issues and you do it, then you have dissonance. You've created dissonance. You think one thing, but you're doing another. However, if new information such as Let's say you read a headline saying processed food has not been shown to increase the risk of whatever kind of disease or the conclusive evidence is not out that processed food is bad for our health or harmful for our health, then this could reduce the dissonance. So when we're looking, and trust me, when you're looking for things to justify your behaviors, you'll find them. You can find anything and you can justify anything. You know, especially in the world of fitness and nutrition, because there's so many conflicting beliefs and ideas and we're so individual. So what works for you may not work for someone else. I mean, take for example, veganism versus keto or or a paleolistic approach to eating, vastly different, although all of them emphasize more uh, vegetables, which is great, but vastly different from a vegan diet, which is very high in carbohydrates, 
like grains and potatoes and all these absolutely wonderfully delicious things. And then a keto approach, which is fat centric and cuts out all of these uh, high carb foods, the, the grains, potatoes, beans, pulses, the things that make up a vegan diet. Uh, you can find uh, quote unquote research to back up your belief. So if you go looking for it, you're going to find it. So if you're eating, let's say you you believe or you follow a keto diet. So let's say that you've read an article saying that processed meat or bacon causes or is linked to colorectal cancer that can cause a lot of dissonance inside of you if bacon is a large part of your diet on a ketogenic diet. However, the dissonance can be reduced if you go looking for other information saying bacon is completely healthy for you. So that's another example. It's another way that we can reduce dissonance is by going and and searching out and acquiring new information that outweighs the dissonant belief, whether it's true or not. Another way is to reduce the importance of the cognitions, i.e. the beliefs or the attitudes. So a person could convince himself that it is better to live for today than save for tomorrow, for example. So in other words, they could tell themselves that a short life filled with smoking and sensational pleasures is better than a long life devoid of joy. And we see this so much with food and people uh, justifying why they're eating what they're eating, especially if what they're eating is not the best for their body. A common phrase that you'll hear is, well, I'd rather die unhealthy and happy than live healthy and miserable. So there's this, um, this counter mindset that believes that eating this way promotes pleasure and even if it causes a life that's not so healthy, at least you'll be happy. So it's a way of justifying again. I think it all comes back to justifying what we're doing. But notice that dissonance theory does not state that all these modes of dissonance reduction will actually work. So only the individuals who are in a state of cognitive dissonance will take steps to reduce the extent of their dissonance. That's what cognitive dissonance is all about. That's what the theory is all about. But there are various factors that have been identified which may be important in attitude change. So these three areas are forced compliance behavior, decision making, and effort. So forced compliance behavior is when someone is forced to do something publicly that, say, they don't believe in or want to do privately. Then dissonance is created between their cognition, i.e. I don't want to do this, and their behavior, i.e. I did it. And we see this a lot when people are forced to do something Although when they're forced, there isn't as much dissonance because when we take that free choice, uh, 
and that choice out of the equation, then we can justify why we've done something. So if we're feeling backed into a corner and we do something that's not in line with our private attitudes, what we believe to be true inside, then not as much dissonance has occurred. But if it's a choice that we have freely chosen and it conflicts with our inner beliefs, then a lot of dissonance occurs and we try to maneuver our way through that and try and mitigate that dissonance in whatever way that we can. Let's take this back to eating processed food. If we're feeling like there's no other option, say you're at a meeting and a bunch of food that you wouldn't normally eat is presented and there's nothing else there, and you eat it even though that's not the food that you would normally eat, then not as much dissonance is going to be created. But if you believe and you hold the attitude that you want to eat whole foods in order to be healthy, but then you go to the store or you find yourself binging at night on a bag of chips or a bunch of processed high sugar, high fat foods, that can create a lot of dissonance. And again, you will try and do things to work your way out of that dissonance, whether that's changing your attitude or changing your behavior, i.e. you either stop doing what you're doing or you change the behavior that uh, maybe it's fine, maybe I'll just continue to do it anyways, or find a reason why you were forced into doing that. So forced compliance occurs when an individual performs an action that is inconsistent with his or her beliefs. The behavior can't be changed since it's already in the past. So dissonance will need to be reduced by either reevaluating your attitude to what you have done. So that's, um, that is one way that we can divide that. Then we go into decision making. Our life is filled with decisions and the need to make decisions. To illustrate this, there's a really great website from Simple Psychology. And here's the example that they give. So they say, for example, suppose you had to decide whether to accept a job in a beautiful area of the country or turn down the job so you could be near your friends and family. Either way, you would experience dissonance. If you took the job, you would miss your loved ones. If you turned down the job, you would miss out on this new beautiful area of the country that you could potentially be living in. Both alternatives have their pros and cons, but the rub is that making a decision cuts off the possibility that you can enjoy the advantages of the unchosen alternative yet it assures you that you must accept the disadvantages of the chosen alternative. And people have several ways to reduce dissonance that is aroused by making a decision. One way you can do this is to change your behavior. So as noted earlier, it's very difficult to change our behaviors, especially when they're learned behaviors. So people frequently employ different mental maneuvers or things that they can do to reduce 
the dissonance. And a common way to reduce dissonance is to increase the attractiveness of the chosen alternative and to decrease the attractiveness of the rejected alternative. This is referred to as spreading apart the alternatives. So that is a little snippet from cognitive dissonance theory from simple psychology. Now let's take this back to eating processed foods or going to the gym or, you know, that kind of space. So a common way to reduce dissonance is to increase the attracted attractiveness of the chosen alternative. So you choose to stay home and stay in bed rather than go to the gym. Well, you can increase the attractiveness of that chosen alternative by making up all different sorts of explanations and excuses. And some of them could be 100% valid, but if they keep happening all the time, then you're never going to work out or go to the gym or eat healthy. But you can always increase the attractiveness by rejecting the alternative. And you can decrease the attractiveness of the rejected alternative like, oh, I don't wanna you know, do this because healthy food doesn't taste good, it takes too long to cook, or it's too expensive. So we start to decrease the attractiveness of our rejected alternative by making up all of these different excuses. Have you ever found yourself saying that, oh, I'm just going to grab this because why would I eat, you know, a, a $15 salad when I could get a $2 burger, right? So this is what we're doing when we're making these justifications. So again, when people have this dissonance going on inside of them, they will try to resolve it by trying to either explain it, and if they cannot explain it, then they will change their attitude to match their behavior. Like I said, justification is a big factor in affecting dissonance. So if we feel like we have a justification for our behavior that's counter to our attitude, then not too much dissonance will occur. And if we can find a justification for our behavior, then it will drastically reduce that agitation that we feel when we're doing something that's counter to what we said we were going to do. And how many times do we do this? We do this with not going to the gym. We do this with healthy eating. We do this with so many different aspects of our life we find a justification to reduce that agitation. But if we're not actually changing what we deeply feel inside, if that doesn't change, then we're always gonna have this agitated feeling that we're really doing something that's counter to what we believe. And again, let's bring up choice. So if we feel like we're forced to do something, then no dissonance should occur because we're taking our choice out. But the thing is, we have a choice and we make decisions, like I said, all the time. And we have a choice in what we're going to do. 
But when we feel empowered, like we have all of this choice and all of this freedom, but we do something that's counter to what our beliefs really are, then we get this agitated feeling. It's then quite easy to act in a way that victimizes your situation. Oh, I can't afford this, or oh, this came up, or everyone's to blame but me, they're mean, or this is the reason I did this. And we go into into a state of victimhood not knowing, and there's obviously so many other factors that go into this, but when we're stuck in the state of victimhood, that can also reduce this dissonance because we're taking our choice and freedom off the table and we're placing it in someone else's hands, i.e., oh, the food companies or the government said this was safe, so they should have been taking more responsibility. True, so true, but we also have a choice in what we do and what we believe, um, and that's really important to remember. And then the more invested we are in our point of view, then the more important that is for our self-concept, what we feel strongly about. And if we feel so strongly about something and we act in a way that's counter to that, then the stronger the effects of dissonance will be. So when we're highly invested in something, that can be a way to help us change our behavior. And you will want to change your behavior because if you're so invested in something and you do something that's counter to that, then you will do one of two things. You will try to explain it, i.e. justify it. Or if you can't, then you're gonna change your attitude to match your behavior. And we see this a lot with health and fitness and eating and let, and let's bring it all that. So if you're invested into this specific diet, let's say keto, if you're invested into a keto diet and, and you believe in it, and then you go out and you eat a bunch of carbs, well, you're going to do one of two things. You're either going to try to explain it or you're going to change your attitude to match your behavior and say, no, I actually don't believe in, in that. And I must have not believed in that so strongly because if I did, then maybe it wouldn't have been so easy for me to completely go off my diet or, or whatever. And we do things to justify that. So when there's no justification, we freely choose a behavior and the relevant attitude is important to us, then cognitive dissonance is likely to occur. And we are more likely to change our attitudes to fit our behaviors. This is a really important point. If dissonance is occurring, i.e. discomfort, it is likely that we are going to change our attitudes to fit with our behaviors. Because sometimes depending on justification, choice, investment, all of these different things, it's harder to change the behavior than it is to change our attitude. 
think about some of the areas in your life that are causing agitation where you feel like you believe in one thing or want to believe in one thing, but you're doing the opposite. And what do you do to mitigate some of that dissonance or that discomfort? Do you justify it? Are you making justifications for the choice? Like, oh, I was forced to do this, so I'm off the hook. Or do you are you invested in something, but because your behaviors don't match your attitude, then are you quickly becoming not so invested in that when you know that you should be, if that makes sense. Now, we also have to take into account, we can't talk about the things that we do in life without talking about social influence. And social influence is so important. It's such an important factor of why we do what we do. Because we do things because of influence. And yeah, we do things because of you know, different motivations and desires and goals, but where do those desires and motivations and goals come from? A lot of the time, they are not intrinsic. They might feel like they're intrinsic, but a lot of the time they have come from outside of us. Social influence is all about how our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors change when we're in the presence of others. And it's an umbrella term that essentially refers to any effect that another person or group has on your own attitudes and behaviors. So that's really important to understand that we're always being influenced by our surroundings. And the attitudes that we hold, those private attitudes, we can also hold public attitudes as well, where we're really aware of what others are thinking about us. And if that's important to us, which it is for everyone, but if it's, you know, predominantly important for for a person because it builds up their self-esteem, and like I said, it does for everyone, then we're more willing, we're going to be more willing to go with the majority in order to feel like we fit in, even if it's counter to what our private attitudes are saying. And, you know, let's take this to social media. Say that you don't feel good when you go on social media. You know that you are extra critical of yourself when you're on social media and you start to feel bad about your life and you start to compare. And so you have this attitude that says, I know I don't feel good when I go on social media, but yet I'm doing it anyways. We have to look at some of the reasons why we do that and a way to mitigate mitigate that dissonance. Well, a lot of the time we go on social media because we want to feel a part of something. We want to feel like we fit in. We want to be in the know what's going on. We want that connection. We want validation. So that's all a matter of social influence. And in order to get rid of that social influence, well, good luck. <laughs> there is no way to get rid of that social influence. 
But we have to understand that a lot of the times we're doing things to be a part of something else. And because we're influenced by other groups of people to do that and to jump on the bandwagon, and we see this with diets as well. Why are you following a keto diet or why are you following a vegan diet? Is it because of outside forces and influences that are shaping your perspectives on what your diet, quote unquote, should or should not look like? So that's really important to determine as well. What are your own thoughts and what are your own beliefs about certain areas? And because like I said, this is a a health and fitness podcast. What are your beliefs about certain areas. What do you enjoy eating the most? What do you not enjoy eating? What makes you feel good? What kind of exercises do you like compared to what you don't? If we're not sure of ourself and confident in what we know and we're invested in in ourselves, it's easy to go along with what other people are saying and easy to go along with the majority. But we need to become more self-aware in what we want and what makes us feel good and what makes us tick and what drives us. And of course, there's always going to be influences that dictate that as well. But really, it boils down to how can we create the healthiest life that we can for ourselves, knowing that there are always going to be times when you do the opposite of what you really want to do. My professor in social psychology was talking about this, and it's a really great point to bring up, that cognitive dissonance is also a cultural phenomenon because there are cultures where it doesn't necessarily bother them that they're doing one thing and saying another. That's kind of just a part of life. It's a part of the human experience. And again, I mean, why do we do what we do anyways? Is it because we're doing what we want to do? Is it because we've been molded and shaped to do these things? I mean, like that's a whole other can of worms. But if we can learn to just be okay with being in this state of discomfort and uncertainty. And I think that's also such a a key point to keep in mind is we don't like to be in discomfort or uncertainty, but discomfort and uncertainty and trial and error and figuring ourselves out is all a part of the human experience. Cognitive dissonance also comes down to control. And we're trying to control our internal environment. And control is kind of an illusion. Like, how much control do we really have? We, we can't even control the thoughts that come in our mind. We can control on what we choose to focus on and meditate on. That could even be debated. But control is kind of an illusion. And if we think that by controlling our internal world is going to make our external world be able to be in some sort of control, we're sadly mistaken because that is just not the way 
that life works. So no matter what you're trying to control, it doesn't necessarily mean that life is going to map out exactly as you have planned. I guess the moral of the story is we need to learn how to sit in that uncertainty and realize why we're doing some of the things that we're doing and what drives us. And that's really the goal behind psychology in general. It's understanding why we do what we do, the social processes involved in why we do those things, what influences us. I mean, this is what it means to really start to get to know not just ourselves, but one another as well, because when we know ourselves and why we're doing what we're doing, and we understand why other people are doing what they're doing, then we can create a society that's based on understanding and empathy and compassion. How do we really understand someone? How do we really have empathy for someone if we don't understand what's going on? So that was kind of the whole goal of this episode was to help you understand a little bit more as to why you do what you do and why you're doing what you say you don't want to do, some of the reasons for that, some of the strategies that you can glean from those reasons, and they're going to be individualistic to you, and how you can understand other people better as well so you can have more empathy and compassion for them and the decisions that they make. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in today. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed our discussion and gained better insight into how you can be the healthiest version of yourself that you can be. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel on iTunes and please leave me a review so we can get this message of better health out there. Have a great day and remember, you are powerful over your health.